Here's the deal. We all get laid before we graduate. Dude, it's not like I haven't been trying to get laid. Think about when you work out, Oz. You gotta have someone there, right? Someone to spot you, someone to keep you motivated. Well, that's exactly what we can do for each other. I mean, we'll, we'll be there to keep each other on track. Separately, we are flawed and vulnerable, but together we are the masters of our sexual destiny. No longer will our penises remain flaccid and unused. We will fight for every man out there who isn't getting laid and should be. This is our day. This is our time. And by God, we will not stand by and watch history condemn us into celibacy. Amen. I like that. Yes. We will make a stand. We will succeed. About time! We will get laid! Yes! yes. We'll just tell your mother that you ate it all. Yes, it's the movie where a dude fucks a pie. It's dismissive to describe it like that because this movie probably ranks up there to be included with the best teen comedies of all time. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. I'm Kevin. I never made love to a pie or used any wild mass... Masturb... Mass... <laughs> Masturbatory... Masturbation in my room. <laughs> Masturbatory AIDS. I certainly did plenty of embarrassing things in pursuit of carnal knowledge. In early high school, though, I'm joined by Jim. Suck me, beautiful! (laughs) And yes, I used masturbatory aids. Oh, anything you want to... Well, one time I decided to give myself a good old Jack Riley seven times in one day. And by the end of that day, I wanted to try doing something else instead of using Irish Spring soap and a water bottle to the point the skin on my dick was coming off. So I decided if things are getting chapped, why not use chapstick and a bottle of water? I'm not happy with myself, but I had to do what I had to do. I was very horny back Chapstick's then. Chapstick's weird, but that's not... I rolled it on like lipstick. Not that crazy, because I can remember this kid in high school who used to openly tell people that he used peanut butter. I still can't wrap my head around the fact, haha, get it, that somebody would use something that thick. <laughs> just... And whenever really, he got it in his, his wang Oh, hole, man, I just... It, it would... Oh, I don't know. I talk don't about wanna. nutter butter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, this movie was released in 1999 when I was a freshman in high school going into sophomore year. Jim, you were also in high school. You were... I was going into my senior year. Okay. Originally titled Great Falls. Sounds like a, a WB show that came after Dawson's Creek. Stick around afterwards, yeah. Dawson Creek, and watch Great Falls. Great Falls takes away... Great Falls of Fire. All of the, the mystique, the... You know, the title American Pie. It's perfect. It's perfect. because I mean, it just there's multiple entendres. That- Plus, thank God they never used some sort of 1999 era version of Bye Bye Miss American Pie yeah. by Don McLean because... Like re-recorded by Kid Rock or full something. Full disclosure, I fucking hate that song. Really? It's awful song. I don't mind that song. Ranks right up there with Sweet Home Alabama. I just band. don't want to hear it uh, re-recorded, though. No. By Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, so it was uh, changed to the much more fitting American Pie prior to release after test audiences were like, no way on the Great Falls. And not only did it mirror our ongoing experiences, but the soundtrack was great and mirrored our lives at the time. Seminal soundtrack. And you had sent me a link to the definitive ranking of the songs on this soundtrack, but I'm assuming that some of the songs in the movie weren't on the official soundtrack because there's... It wasn't like half of what appears. There's Goldfinger, Third Eye Blind, 
RV Danger, Sugar Ray, Dishwalla, Tonic, Blink-182. And then they had that Bic Runga song, Sway. <laughs> yeah. Which I will talk about here soon. I it's can't the, wait. It's the outlier. It's the only uh, like non-pop punk type song. American Pie was directed by first-time director Paul Weitz, who has went on to make a bunch of movies inspired by Porky's and Bachelor Party. The script, which I, I can see both of those. I can't stress enough how great Bachelor Party is. Yeah. It's one of Tom Hanks's best kind of unknown movies, but Stifler was definitely, definitely, definitely modeled after O'Neill. Oh, yeah. Big time after O'Neill. Yes. And Jason Biggs, when this movie came out, could have maybe been the next Tom Hanks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the ultimate stretch. It, it, uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, the script. I would love to have seen Jason Biggs in Apollo 14. Yeah, Philadelphia too. <laughs> the script was titled Untitled Teenage Sex Comedy that could be made for under $10 million Ugh. that most readers will probably hate, but I think that you will love. Almost. Almost yes. $10 million. Yeah, and that's a good segue because, Jim, I mentioned this being released in 1999, so tell us about the budget box office and how we were living in 1999. So July 9th, 1999, American Pie debuted to $11 million in budget money. 11, almost got there. Almost got there. Not quite the 10 million they were hoping. And it made $235 million at the box office. I would love to have seen a demographic breakdown with people my age, like going into senior year. How much of that was that? Yes. Because I must have went to the movie theater two to three times to see this movie. Is this movie R? Rated? Oh, it's hard R. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, it's definitely a hard R movie, but yeah. sometimes they skirt the uh, you know the restrictions. So yeah, so you got to think a lot of people were excluded. I didn't see this in theaters. Yeah. I mean, I was 15, mm-hmm. 14, 15. Could you have imagined them going into the ratings board and say, we're trying to get a PG-13. Wait, he fucks a pie in this? He does fuck a pie. Do we see penetration? Well, Not really, but... The it- original, the that scene, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but the way that scene was originally shot, the directors had him missionary position, like thrusting the pie, penetrating the pie. Oh, yeah. Don't you remember that? Well, they didn't They didn't shoot it that way. Oh, yeah. He was... Yeah, yeah you get the top yeah. shot where you he, see his bare ass, yeah. but still. See his bare ass, they bring the pie to him. Can you imagine him bringing the pipe? Jesus yeah, Christ. In the, uh, in the original way they shot it, they had him up on the counter mounting the pie. Too bad they didn't want to use a cherry pie because then they could have had an excuse to use warrant. That would have yeah. been great. Yep. Or Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> it's song called Cherry Pie. Great. Was it as good as it the better. cherry pie we know? Better. Which is crazy because that song came out in 1990. It sounds like it came out in 87. I digress. Here are some news highlights. Around this time in July of 1999, John F. Kennedy Jr., John John, as we all affectionately knew him, and his wife and his sister-in-law died in a plane crash off the coast of Martha's Vineyard, was piloted by John F. Kennedy Jr. himself. Once again, disaster always finds the Kennedy family. Yeah, and, and you're just, in a way, asking for it when you have to pilot yourself. Yeah. I, I get it. But the Kennedys, they had plenty of money. They could have just... And and I don't even know. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't his fault. Yeah. But still, it's just... I mean, the most extreme me and you will ever go to is when we get the King of Wishful Thinking boat and we go out on the Ohio Ocean or probably what will end up happening is we just do the lethal weapon and just sit in a driveway (laughs) on the boat. I work on it like we're actually going to take it out. We never do. Yep. 
Drink cheap beer. My, my kids will bring me a, a, pot, uh, a, a cake while I'm in the bathtub. Yeah, cake while you're in the bathtub. Then you got to explain to your daughter why. It's not okay for her to do a joint, but God forbid she drink under 21. Yes. Woodstock 1999, the music festival which stole its name from a peaceful, peaceful, peaceful gathering of the masses festival 30 years prior, ended very quickly due to violence when over 200,000 attended in July of 1999. Disaster from day one. What I mean, Choke. You don't name it Woodstock. 1999 really is defined for for younger listeners as you know. This is we'll talk about this later, but this is when wrestling was in the Attitude Era. Yeah, big this time. This is when Jackass was on. Like fuck your boss. Every, you yeah, know? everything was like counterculture and big like time. rebellion. So they have a music festival with 200,000 people who descend on New York to attend this hot, sticky mud people. Yeah, and. They burn things down. There's rampant sexual assault that's uh, terrible. Documented. I mean, yeah, documented. Legit happened. Yes. And then, but the first thing they arrive to is finding out that, like, bottles of water at Woodstock 99 were $8. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 they were asking for it. Yeah. Not much has changed now. Where, and if you go to a concert when the world does come back to a new normal, bottle of water will only cost you about 12 or 13 dollars i mean now. you don't want a 55 dollar metallica t-shirt no that's quite all right and that metallica t-shirt you wash once and uh, it's pretty much ruined much like things if you ever went to abercrombie around this time like i did and got a fucking credit card spent three thousand oh, dollars with the abercrombie clothes you wash that shit once it's ruined yikes fuck that shit i don't know what the hell was wrong with me i'd go back and kick my own ass you know what i wouldn't do I wouldn't go to Abercrombie. I'd stay home and read a book. You want to know why? Because J.K. Rowling releases Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, which is, uh, she's very problematic. She's very problematic. Huge, insane clown posse fan, according to Wikipedia. Huge. <laughs> Plus, another big event happened in 1999. Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. Welcome to the Sports Machine. Our Cleveland Browns came back. Art Modell taking the fucking team, moving to the Baltimore. And we did something this past week, and we beat the Steelers, not once, but twice in a row. And we're headed to Kansas we City, beat, everybody. We beat the Steelers. <laughs> now we've... Dog check! That's our only our third time beating Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh since... 88. Since Well, yeah. And then yeah. that's our first road playoff win in 52 years, I think it is. Yep. And, I mean, I, I think I think that they broke through. With the worst secondary in all of football. They're back this week. They're back this week. I can only imagine. Listen, everybody. We would love for the Browns to win the Super Bowl. No doubt about it. We've been waiting. We were excited and cried when the Cavs won the NBA title. This would be a whole new level of thinking. Yeah. I'm happy we got to this far. Yeah. Anybody that's like idiot Chase Claypool. Fuck him. Browns are going to get clapped by Kansas City. It's like, first off, dude, you... Worry about yourself. Yeah. Go on vacation. Yeah. Enjoy yourself in yes. Pittsburgh. You lost, so you have nothing you can say. But even if, I mean, I don't think there's too many Browns fans that aren't at peace yeah. with this season. If the Browns go and lose by 50 to Kansas and City. And we do up 700 yards to Pat Mahomes. We, Whatever. We got there. I think we were very proud that this team yep. not only made the playoffs, because yep. everybody was celebrating when they made the playoffs, but not only made the playoffs, but won a playoff game. Imagine next year with a healthy secondary and tons of money to spend. Yes. It's uh, only going to get better. Going back to Browns 99 quickly. So Art Modell made the decision to move the team to Baltimore. Virtually overnight, like the Colts are ripped away from Baltimore the first time and it was it was terrible on Browns fans but 
Browns fans fought and clawed and everything they could to bring the team back. And we got a shitty stadium. And the NFL kind of bent us over on the whole deal because oh, big time. they didn't let us do the... When a new team starts, there's a traditional process of allowing teams to take players from other teams. You know, you can kind of poach other people's rosters of unprotected players and free agents. The NFL did not let the Browns do that. Basically made, made them build a team through undrafted free agents in the draft. We drafted our franchise quarterback and allowed him to get killed, I, essentially. Dude, he, he, we wrecked his career. Ruined his shoulder for life. And it, it just, we got a raw deal. And that's Big and time. that's why all of these demons are being purged now. Because it's taken 22 you know, years, yeah, just about. Basically, 22 years, a number of coaches, a number of different players, a number of GMs. 23 different starting quarterbacks. Yeah, and it's it's because, you know, it, it just, we're, we're fine. I, I think yeah. we're finally there. We're at least heading in the right direction. And no more, you know, there's not going to be any more 0-16, no. 4-12, none of that stuff. No. And we you know. are truly America's team. Yes, Sorry, absolutely. NFL, I know you hate that. But we are America's team on to Kansas City. And speaking of sports, there were a couple other sports highlights in 99. Jean Vandevelt's collapse at the British Open. Three-shot lead going into the final hole. Ended up shooting the seven, losing in the playoff. That's unbelievable. Which is one of the biggest collapses in sports history. Lance Armstrong won, loose quotes, his first of seven straight Tour de France titles. We were all hoodwinked. All those dudes were doping. They were. I believed he wasn't. I was that idiot. I wore my Livestrong bracelet. I had. I entered bike rallies, and I almost died on the same bicycle. That, so. that, that's a sport where you cannot win unless you're doping. It's a very difficult sport. Like, I love to watch it. It's one of those things where you have to have a love of sport to watch something like that, where you're watching the guys go uphill on a bike for oh, yeah. six hours whether you're doping or not that's an insanely hard it's an amazing feat nevertheless so it's almost like a sport where you want to say either we let everyone dope or we get much more strict about the testing process and I how agree. they beat the testing process. pissing in a cup is not enough and also tony hawk is the first skateboarder ever to land a 900 at espn's x games awesome the number one song in America, one of my favorite artists, you might remember her from a movie known as Money Train, Jennifer Lopez, If You Had My Love, was the number one song in America. I've never really liked a single Jennifer Lopez song. The only one I ever kind of liked was probably Waiting for Tonight, because you know how I like my yeah. mid-90s European dance beat. I, I think I have a bias against her, because you've heard so many like horror stories about yeah. how she treats fans and stuff, but she... She was a fly girl on In Living Color, and then so she was a dancer, and then she branched out, became an actress, yep. and became a singer. So she's a triple threat. She's married to A-Rod, the king of doping. Sorry, what a real prick. Yeah. You know, a real asshole. The number one movie in America right before this came out was Wild Wild West. Yikes. Yikes. And I can't stress enough, look it up on YouTube. Watch Kevin Smith explain his meeting with John Peters yeah, and how he inevitably wanted to put a big spider in the big return Superman movie with Tim Burton didn't happen, but somehow John Peters got it to happen. Still got his spider. He got his goddamn spider this in this movie. Wild Wild West may have killed summer blockbusters. It was awful. Cause I, you had a good string there. Still remember the song though. Yeah. You had a good string there of summer blockbusters. Independence Day was in 96. So you had all these great ones. And then Wild Wild West just crapped on that. Kevin, your favorite segment of the news, your Alan Jackson update for July 
1999. People started looking at me different, put me up on this pedestal like I was some kind of saint or something, you know. And I was like, man, I'm just a singer, simple song. Alan Jackson finished his song Papa Top at the 1999 Country Music of America Awards. Now, Alan decided to act out on George Jones's behalf when he found out, well, the CMA told him that Jones, he would only have a limited time to perform and asked him to sing a shortened version of the song Choices rather than the full song. Jones refused to do so and ended up not attending the awards. This is where Alan Jackson came in. Alan was also invited to perform on the show. He was asked to sing his hit song, Papa Top, which had performed even better than George Jones's hit. Show kicked off, everything seemed to be good, but no one other than the members of his band knew that underneath that grin and his bright white cowboy hat, Alan Jackson was not happy. Kevin, he was not happy. Uh Uh-oh. Suddenly, in the middle of an instrumental break, Papa Top, Alan decided, I'm not singing any more of this song any longer. Instead, he broke into an emotional performance of George Jones's choices, prompting the entire crowd to cheer and rise to their feet. Alan Jackson, everybody. The man, the myth, the legend. And that was your Alan Jackson update and what was going on in America in July of 99. I love the Alan Jackson fact of the week. Unless we have any serious pushback from our audience, I think that may be our last Alan Jackson fact of the week forever. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, We've given Alan a a lot of airtime on this show and it just was one of those funny things that happened by happenstance and we just rolled with it. Yeah, because we have our our season finale next week and then we're going to start a new season. So it's as as good a time as any to dump our good buddy Big Al back in the Chattahoochee. That's right. Or as I thought it was called the Chattahoochee. Which is even better. (laughs) Speaking of coochie. Speaking of coochie, let me bake the plot for you. Ooh, nice. The movie follows five friends in small town Michigan. Jim, awkward and naive, whose dad gives him unwanted sex advice. Oz, a star athlete. Kevin, who is in a serious relationship with his girlfriend, Vicky. And I want to talk about Kevin. Yeah, big time. Paul Finch, who is wise beyond his years, sophisticate. Can't shit in school. And Stifler, the wild partying idiot. When their awful classmate, Sherman, says he lost his virginity at a Stifler party, the group of friends make a vow to lose their virginity by graduation. They predict that prom will probably be the best strategy to make this happen. Kevin must repair his relationship with Vicky, who thinks he only wants sex. She wants him to say, I love you. You know, those three words. Oz joins the choir to find a girlfriend, and Jim targets... Czechoslovakian exchange student Nadia, who comes to his house to study without knowing that his webcam is broadcasting to the whole school, essentially. God bless the internet. Yeah. Jim goes to Prejack City, meaning he prematurely ejaculates twice before he can seal the deal or do anything at all with uh, Nadia. I'm so much like him, it's ridiculous. Following the incident, Jim asks band geek Michelle to prom, believing she is nerdy enough to not be aware of the webcam ejaculation episode. Finch pays a classmate $200 to lie and say he's a sex master, thinking that girls will come running. This plan falls through when Stifler humiliates him with a laxative prank. At prom, it's revealed that Sherman was lying and is still a virgin. At the after prom party, Kevin and Vicky have sex, and then she dumps him immediately after to prevent further heartbreak when they go to college. Oz and his choir girlfriend have a romantic night by the lake. In a twist, Jim learns Michelle said yes because she actually did see his webcam incident 
and knew he would be easy, so she uses him. Finch gets the ultimate revenge on Stifler by having sex with Stifler's mom on the pool table. The creation of MILF. Yes. Ooh, I took some MILF. What the hell is that? M-I-L-F. Mom, I'd like to fuck. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Oh, yeah. The friends convene at a restaurant the next morning to discuss the evening prior. Oz doesn't kiss and tell, and the movie ends with Jim stripping for Nadia on his webcam. Jim, unless you have anything else to mention, let's get into characters. Let's do it. We had Jason Biggs as Jim. Jennifer Coolidge as Stifler's mom, which she was a character actress before this movie. And then yeah. this movie instantly launched like a thing for her. Yeah. And like, a whole genre. Yeah. A typecast for her where she, she went on to be in Legally Blonde 1 and 2. Shannon Elizabeth as Nadia. Allison Hannigan as Michelle. She was offered Mina Suvari's role as Heather, but she actually preferred to play Michelle. Thank God. Yeah. She. Because Mina Suvari, I just. Uh, yeah. No. Chris, she looks very, she looks like an insect. <laughs> she looks like a bug. Chris Klein as Oz. Whoa. Got, got to uh, kiss that insect bug. And Keanu Reeves part two. Eugene Levy as Jim's dad. Originally, this was written for Bill Murray. Oh, I could not imagine. Me either. When uh, Levy was cast, he insisted on improvising his lines <laughs> as he did not like how his character appeared in the script. Well, you see the detail that, uh, that they go into in this picture mm-hmm. here. It, yeah. it almost looks like a, a tropical plant or something underwater yeah. thing. Do Thanks. you know what a clitoris is? Oh, my. And the final version features his improvised lines. <laughs> I just thought, you know, my one of our funny lines from Ghostbusters 2, the Holiday Inn. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, you're telling me you masturbate at the Holiday Inn. Paramus. <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, <laughs> Natasha Leone as Jessica... And Thomas Ian Nichols as Kevin. The only thing he's ever been. (laughs) Kevin kind of sucks. The whole sex pact was his idea because he's desperate to have sex. He has a girlfriend who gives him BJs on the regular. Enough of this blowjob bullshit. I gotta get late already. That's nice. Really, really nice. Can I have a ride? Sure. Vicky, wait. Not for you. His friends tell him that he should tell her he loves her. And he's like... I can't lie to her. Yeah. So wait a minute. So you don't love her, but you're fine to get your BJs and just be with her for now. All but. he ever needed to do was like, listen, when I was a kid, I was the starting pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. That's good that he's honest. But at the same time, why is he with her? I mean, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. that she won't have sex with him unless he loves her, which he admits he doesn't. So he deserves to get dumped. And the whole reason Vicky gives in is because, you know, her friend kind of convinces her, you're going to wait and have sex with somebody. And then it, you know, it, it it's not going to mean anything. It's not going to mean it's anything. It might sex. be worse. So yeah. she's like, go have sex with Kevin. But at and, Stifler's party, yeah. it's like, yeah, because yeah, you hear to- fucking people puke. Nothing says, I'm going to nail this chick. Then some guy in the preceding room fucking puking two other guys yelling well milf. that happens when yeah. uh, at the party at the beginning at stifler's house when uh she gives him a blowjob i think it's time to take the next step in our relationship tonight yeah it's such a perfect evening I mean, it's how you've always pictured it isn't it and he's like i want to do it and she's like no and then you hear a guy go, man, my farts stink. <laughs> Dude, you smell like a Yeti. Yeah. It's, uh, 
The pale ale. Yes. So Chris Owen as Sherman. We have Tara Reed as Vicky. Sean William Scott as Stifler. He was paid $8,000 for his role as that Stifler. blows my mind. But it worked out for him as he made $5 million for American Reunion. You guys are pathetic. I'm going to find myself a little hottie. Suck me, beautiful! Yeah. Not that great of a movie. No. Not that great. Mina Suvari as Heather. Ugh. Eddie K. Thomas as Finch. The only thing he's ever been in, at least I can think of. Oh, no, wait. He was on a CBS show. I think Scorpion, actually. Great. Yeah. Everybody loves Scorpion. Big time. Uh, John Cho is MILF guy. And we have a, an uncredited role of, which I'll talk about here in a minute, Casey Affleck. So which actor or actress gives a passable performance? Does any non-lead character steal scenes? I'm partial to Jim. I'm sorry. The dude is me. I mean, granted, I've never fucked a baked good, but he stuck out to me. But you know what's weird, too? Parts of Finch stand out to me. Yeah, I love Pers- Finch. I still, to this day, cannot shit in public. 16 minutes round trip. You know, Finch, it's, it's senior year. I mean, don't you think it's time you learn how to take a dump at school? When was the last time you looked at the facilities in the school? Yeah. I've only had when I've had like a stomach virus. I, I, think, I love shit, bro. I think that's what that made this this movie so good. There's like archetypes. That, of- yes, is the development of the characters and not just like, hey, these are a group of friends. They're all into the same stuff because you have Jim, who's like really awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah. Stifler, who's very comfortable with everything he does, but he's, he's that jock party guy. Yes. Now, Oz is the full jock. He's a jock, but he wants to be sensitive. Yeah. Dipshit. You're expecting to score with some goody-goody choir girl Pris? These chicks don't know me. I mean, I can work this sensitive angle here, fellas. You know, it's just like that college chick told me. All that you got to do is just ask them questions and listen to what they have to say and shit. I don't know, man. That sounds like a lot of work. And then Finch is the intellectual who's, who's wise beyond his wise years. beyond his years. It's a mini golf pe- mat. And then Kevin who sucks. <laughs> Kevin, you know, what's weird out of all of those, just how weird they are, like a dichotomy yeah. of individual. Kevin's the one that just, he's that one who just comes in the room. You're like, hi, Kev. Yeah. Hey, hey, Kevin. Great. Yeah. His, and, and they didn't help him, which I'm going to go in a little bit to the sequels of these later on in the show, but yeah. in the sequels, all of these characters got like development and Kevin is married in the later movies, but still his entire plot, his entire story arc revolves around Vicky. Never. In every ends. movie. It's just like, he still has feelings for Vicky. Yeah. That's, that's what it always is. 10 years have passed. Yeah. Everything's moved on. Still He's Vicky. married. Still Vicky. Yep. It's so Everybody else like got, you know, full on like, Jim, I mean, Jim's the main character, but it's like his mom passes away. He's married. He has kids now. Yep. You know, their their marriage is struggling because of the the kid. He's still the horny guy, though. I mean, Oz Farfetch'd is like a celebrity, yeah. but like he's got a whole deal. And then, um, you know, Finch has been lying because he he never became. And yeah. but then Kevin, same thing. Yeah, exactly. Kevin's like a character they just didn't care about. No, not at all. So I, I would say Finch. I, I like Finch. I like that I can relate a little bit that in a lot of circles, I always feel like I'm the intellectual because I just like a useless fountain of facts. And now another thing I will happily admit to a lot of you out there, and I guarantee you'll laugh. One of my first email addresses on AOL was Stifler Ivory one. At what? AOL.com. Weird. I went through that phase where I referred to myself as sexual ivory. 
I'm beyond sexy. I'm sexual ivory. You know, ivory's better than, uh, you know, white. I'm ivory. Great. So, yeah, Stifler Ivory won. And I had this in my head because somebody I worked with, the Ponderosa at the time, said, you kind of look like Stifler. So what? I was like, yeah, I never did. They thought Here. I looked like Stifler. I mean, I still had hair and Might shit. act a little bit like Stifler. But. Yeah, but as far as things, but yeah, Stifler Ivory won at AOL.com. Great. If you're ever a drag queen, you should be ivory. <laughs> uh Best scenes. Let's find out which scenes made a splash. Would you like to go first or you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take a swing at this one. Jim fucking a pie. Oh, oh. oh yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, Jim? It's not what it looks like. Well, we'll just tell your mother that uh, that uh, we ate it all. Yeah. Now that scene... When you're sitting in a movie theater and you don't expect. Well, they set it up at the beginning oh, yeah. of the movie. So they're they're Okay. There's something you may have not noticed in watching these movies. Maybe you have. These guys eat a lot of hot dogs. A ton of hot but dogs. They, they're eating hot dogs at the beginning of the movie and they're standing around and Jim's asking his friends questions about, you know, sex and stuff. Guys, um, what exactly does third base feel like? You want to take this one? Like warm apple pie. Yeah? Yeah. Apple pie, huh? Uh-huh. McDonald's or homemade? So when Jim returns home one day... His mom baked a fresh... There's a fresh apple pie. Fresh apple pie. Thank God it wasn't just pulled from the oven because that would have led to another whole Jim in the hospital by accident instance because it happens in America pie too. So he looks at the pie, remembers what Oz says that you know, vagina feels like warm apple pie. So he proceeds to get on top of the counter and start fucking the pie. Now, the first visual you see is you hear him moaning. Yeah. Eugene Levy comes in <laughs> of Jim pants all the way down around his ankle. You mm -hmm. see his bare ass thrust into a pie and the shock on Eugene Levy's face. And then when he sits down with his son who can't even look him in the eye <laughs> and he just says, we'll just tell your mom that, uh, that we ate it all. He had the coolest dad yeah. ever because it seems like when he was a kid, he was just oh, like probably. a son yeah. and he could relate. It's yeah, just, he turns the pie to crumble in like 10 seconds. Yeah. But the, like I said, the way this was originally filmed was Jim actually got on the counter and mounted the pie in a missionary position. Could you imagine him just fucking oh, his dad walking hilarious. out and he's just pulling the pie towards him. Yeah. Now, not to be too much of a downer, but there is like a logic thing in this scene where why did he fuck the pie in the kitchen? <laughs> you think he would have taken it to his room Just or the, the bathroom? Yeah, take the pie somewhere. Where would you have taken the pie? Not, not where it I stood on the kitchen. Here's the logical place. To take it. Take it in the shower. Yeah, well, yeah. Just don't waffle stop well, it. See, that's the one place because we do see some precedent in this movie where the beginning he's trying to watch scrambled porn. No, I, I think he's trying to watch some illegal channels here. Illegal, illegal channels? This is just a bad reception, honey. I'm gonna spank my hairy ass. What's that? And we've all done that. Yeah, I well, have recorded VHS of scrambled our, porn. Our younger audience probably has not watched scrambled porn, uh, but dude, the lengths we went to to jerking these, off, you know, porn with lines in it, and it'd be like half the body over here and half the body over there. That's a tit. That's a tit. There's a tit in there. I, think, I see it. Oh, that's a peck. Um, er. <laughs> but anyway, so at the beginning of the movie, he's jerking it. His mom just straight up walks in his room. Yeah. 
Like just doesn't knock, yeah. doesn't ask if he's in there, walks in. So had he brought the pie yep. into his room, there's a good chance that still could have happened. Yeah. So the shower is probably a good call. Seems a logical place. Go fuck the pie in the shower. Yeah, why not? Just make sure it's not piping hot. Uh, next, I will say the webcam scene with Nadia. Is she? Oh, she's going downstairs. Oh. 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 Ooh. Oh my God. Jackpot, baby. Can you believe this? Nadia, I would have never known. I have an announcement that I would like to make. There is a gorgeous woman masturbating on my bed. Oh, it's God bless the internet. So Nadia's the Czech uh, foreign exchange student. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, she's got a thing for Jim. She's like, okay, with Jim. It's a real, she does a really bad, like, oh, check. It's, terrible. it's horrible. It's terrible. And I don't think they've ever seen a Czech person. But anyway. <laughs> a Czech uh, you look like Vladi Divac. Yeah, so Jim invites Nadia over, but she has maybe volleyball practice. I think it, it is. is ballet practice. Ballet practice. So she needs to change when she first gets there. James, you're very good in the world history class. Yes. Me? Yeah. Yes. No. Uh, yes, I am. Perhaps you could help me with my studies. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That 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 would be that would be uh, great sometime. How about tomorrow? Well. I have ballet practice. Perhaps um, I could come by your house afterwards. I could change clothes at your place. So Stifler convinces him that he must record it. Yes. So Jim puts on the webcam. Nadia comes over. And you have to remember, kids, if you're listening to this, webcams in 1999, it would be a frame every two or three oh, it's seconds. Terrible. It was it was very awful. bad. But Nadia changes. Jim leaves the room. He runs like five blocks. He sprints to Kevin's house <laughs> so that he can watch. And then Nadia, while she's changing, starts going through Jim's stuff, finds some porn mags. Finds the porn mags. Starts masturbating on Jim's bed. Yeah. His friends, Finch and Kevin, convince him, go back to the house yeah. and walk in and ask her if she needs a hand. So Jim basically does that. She scolds him for watching. And then uh, she basically asks if he wants to join the moment that she like, I don't know, she touches him or he touches her. He, she grabs his hand. Touch me, Jim. Yeah. He jizzes like just instantly. Uh, yeah. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to leave. I'm going to put my clothes on and leave. And then I got reserved. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm good. I'm, <laughs> I'm good. And he's like, you like the porn. So he pulls out some more porn on the commentary with Kevin and Finch yes. as they're watching. Yeah. And that's the thing. They're he watching. Meant, he meant to send this to just a couple friends. He sent it to the whole he East Great to, Falls yes, directory. Everyone at the school. Nadia says, okay, let's try this again. Come sit next to me on the bed. Don't forget the music. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, he dances. She's like dance for me. So he does a strip tease for her. It's really hilarious. And then she said, come join me. She's got her, her shirt open, fully exposed, and she takes his hand, starts to put it down her panties. And then... And then he... <sighs> does it again. Everybody watches his humiliation. He finds out the next day at school that everybody saw this. So that's my... That scene's legendary. Uh, and As much as I hate to say it, I've been there. The, the quick to the draw, you know, the spirit's willing, but the... But not from that, not from just touching no, someone. No, no, not from that. I mean, yeah. the thought of it's going to happen, it's happened yes, to yeah, me. Yeah. Of course, I was younger. I was only like 32 at the time. So my <laughs> second one for me was Finch finally shits at school. Yeah. No thanks to Steve Stifler. Hey, Kevin. 
You seen Shipwreck lately? Why? What did you do to him? <laughs> Me? Nothing. See, I'm the one whose ass he kicked. But uh, I'll tell you one thing, though. I don't think he's going to have a problem shitting in school anymore. Slipped a little something into his mochaccino. Joni, um, was that you? And hold it. Oh! Putting laxatives into his drink. The Finch has a timed where he goes home to shit. And yeah. it's, is it a seven minutes home, round seven trip. minutes back, 15 minute round trip or something? Yeah, something like that. Stifler decides to, Finch brings in one of those thermoses like my dad would take the Packard. He'd yeah. fill it with like soup or anything. Well, he has mochaccino, which in 1999, I didn't know what the fuck mochaccino was. I had no idea. Didn't really get into coffee until later on in life. So he puts laxative in his mochaccino because Stifler is pissed. That girls are going around school saying yes. Finch kicked his ass. Right. Because well, he paid Jessica. He paid Jessica $200. Yes. To, and she's, she starts telling girls he's he's loaded. He's, he's got great a big in bed. dong. He's great in bed. He slept with an older woman. Yes. Which is foreshadowing. But he's done all these things. He kicked, Stifler. kicked Stifler's ass. And Stifler, he's tired of it. Yeah. So, so he decides to slip laxatives into his mochaccino. Stifler always calls Finch shit break. Yeah. He's shit always break. shit break. So, needless to say, you get this scene of Finch haul ass into the bathroom. The women's bathroom. But you don't know that because Stifler opens up the door and says, go in, kind sir. Mm -hmm. He starts sitting in there. He's a germ freak. So, I get it. That's why I don't do a whole roll of toilet. one square at a time, though. I only got a square to spare. Takes a square at a time. And sits down. And as he's about to deliver the brown payload, he hears girls come in. Yeah. And then. Girls who come in and their conversation is about Finch. He, he fucks Stifler's mom. Yeah. And then you just hear he's gra he's clutching on the walls. He's sweating. We've all been at that point. Oh, yeah. Where we've had like a bad stomach virus yep. and we cannot hold it. And then all of a sudden. Yep. The, the worst shit in the world. And the girls are just, you know, yeah, they run scared to death. He's pouring sweat. He finally walks out into the hall. And he's completely embarrassed by Stifler. Yep. And it completely ruins Finch's credibility. When, okay. Not to, to go on too much of a tangent, but what an unfair thing it is. That yeah. When somebody gets, has to shit. Yeah. And it's like, I remember if you shit in school, at, uh, at any age in middle school or high school, it was always like, uh, hey, he shit. It's like, yeah, well, every, so, everybody shits almost every day. Now, see, here's the weird thing. Now, I can remember I had a bad incident, and this wasn't to me. Was it at the park? Oh, no, I totally forgot about that, where I had diarrhea real bad at Todd Park and Gerard, and at the time, everybody was there and decided to fucking accost me while I'm in the bathroom taking a yeah. shit. Outside the window, and I couldn't shit properly, but I almost shit myself. No, fifth grade. Our bathrooms in elementary school were weird because the stalls didn't have doors. Great. Which is just wide open toilets. Yeah. We walk in, I think it was right after recess or right after lunch. You know, everybody's taking a leak. This kid just completely naked. Great. Shitting. Great. Just, and of course, when you're that age, you're very immature. You're oh, 19 yeah. years old. So you just start laughing at the kid. And the kid's yeah. just trying to take a shit. But the weird thing is, though, he was naked taking yeah, a shit. That's well, now I get it because I like to be comfortable now, when I'm doing the deuce, but shit in, in public. In high school, in eighth grade, I remember one time I was taking a math test and I don't know what it was, but it's like some sort of food poisoning, just like instant BM death. emergency. And I, I just, I don't even ask the teacher. I just get yeah. up, I walk out of the classroom, I go and I start shitting my brains out. Yeah. The teacher was worried. 
So she sent a kid into uh, the bathroom. You forgot your hall pass. Yeah. So she sends a kid into the bathroom to check on me. And he sees me in there, you know, pants around my ankles, just like sees under yeah. the stall or whatever. He goes back and announces to the class, he's fine. He's just in there with his pants around his ankles or whatever. <laughs> so, and thankfully, I mean, I was, I guess I was popular. So it wasn't yeah. like, it was able to, you know. You were having a cool shit. <laughs> yeah. He, he can shit. He's hey, fine. But he's if, cool, guys. But if so-and-so shit. <laughs> now that fucking that loser shit. cast a transfer schools. We're going to take a picture of him and put him in yeah, the yearbook. Exactly. Such a weird thing that you can't. So, shit in school. so Finch taking a shit is devolved into us taking shits. Yeah. That was my number two yes. scene. And, and Finch taking a shit, it, it ruins the whole $200 thing. So oh, like, it ruins it. Any of the positive, like, you know, even if he has a big hog, even if he has. Because all these girls women, wanted to go to prom yes, with him. But and, because he took a shit, he now, no one wants to go prom no, with him. No, because nobody poops. So my next, I have a bunch of these, but my next one, the Bikrunga Sway scene. So at the after prom party, so at prom, you know, the friends kind of have a heart to heart about how there's too much pressure on them to have sex. Yeah. They're all mad at Kevin. That horrible cover band. They're all mad at Kevin because he's like, you put too much pressure on him to make this happen. The girl that Sherman supposedly slept with at Stifler's party goes up on stage at the prom and calls him out and calls him out and says they never slept together. He pisses himself. He pisses himself. So they come outside to tell Kevin. Kevin says, I'm not going to the party. And they say, well, Sherman didn't have sex. He pissed himself. They convince him to get on the bus. They go to the, the after party. Stifler's so, house on Lake Michigan. As soon as they get to Stifler's house on Lake Michigan, Kevin and Vicky find a bedroom where it's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect brilliant. to lose your virginity at a party with 500 people. <laughs> and um, Jim and has to sit there and listen to his band geek dates, all her stuff that she's saying. Mm-hmm. Stifler's being Stifler. But meanwhile, when everything's culminating, so when when Kevin and Vicky, when he finally penetrates her, yeah. Oz and his date, Mina Suvari, out on the dock, are out on the dock, just having like the, the perfect romantic like, evening. They didn't fuck; they made love. Yes, they had this incredible experience. But that it, song and it—that's the thing. Yeah. It's like it's the it's the music cue of the song because <sighs> the whole movie is pop punk it's blink 182 yeah. and it's it's harvey it's 99 Dangerous. mtv yes it's 99 mtv but finally you get this this nice yeah timeless love song and while everyone's finally making it happen i i like that scene i just think it's it's a juxtaposition to everything else in the movie to have this this payoff of this romantic scene yeah it's a really good one and like i said the amazing thing about this movie is if you've seen it as much as we have had and growing up with this movie like we did you just mentioning that song just pops right oh in your yeah head. yeah kev the god bless the internet scene you hear mutt from blink 182 yeah. it just pops yeah in. and blink 182 is in that scene exactly which is yeah. great my next one is finch getting even with stifler by fucking his mom I said this is very obviously a pierre della francesca <laughs> <laughs> so uh you object if I said that you were quite striking? Mr. Finch, are you trying to seduce me? Yes, ma'am, I am. Now, before this, nobody ever heard what MILF meant. No. Because they spell it out in a movie. Yes. What's a MILF? M-I-L-F. 
mom, I'd like to fuck. Yeah, yeah. Because it's uh, John Cho and his buddy just are enamored with Stifler's mom. Like, she is the hot mom. Big yeah. boobs, the whole smash. Finch kind of has to drink because he's been embarrassed in school. Nobody went he to him with the stumbles into this room. Which, you know, it's like the lounge because there's a pool table. There's yeah. a fireplace. He stumbles into this room that was locked and comes across Stifler's mom. She's sitting there drinking. Now, I don't know if it's in this movie specifically. It might be in the second one. But we find out that basically Stifler's such a problem child yeah. that he basically tells his mom, I'm having this party. There's nothing you can do about she it. She concedes to everything. Yeah, so she concedes to everything. And I don't think there's a dad in the picture, obviously. Yeah, but, there never uh, was. She just takes it. She just lets... So she kind of locks herself away in this room. Yeah. Which is where Finch finds her. And she's sitting there, you know, drinking scotch, having a cigarette. Finch basically seduces her. And she's not drunk or anything. She's she's ready for yeah, it. Yeah, she says, how are you feeling? He says, I'm three sheets to the wind, ma'am. Exactly. And they just go to town on yep, the pool on the table. Pool table. And everything. And the payoff is Stifler barges into the door uh-huh. and he says this. Mom? Shipwreck? Oh, hey, Stifler. It is the sweetest revenge because you don't see the sex going on between Finch and Stifler's mom. But after Stifler says that, and you hear Finch go, hey, Stifler. Yeah. <laughs> now, in, in American Reunion, yeah. Stifler has sex with Finch's mom. Yeah. Which, by Morgan Fairchild. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's pretty Well, awesome. technically, in American Wedding, Stifler accidentally has sex with Jim's yeah. grandmother. Yeah. So, it's weird. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, that's, my, that's my next one. My next one, just a quick one. Suck me beautiful. Yeah, it's something about the springtime that's just cool, you know? Like the smell of fresh rain or something suck me beautiful what did you just say suck me beautiful <laughs> friends call me nova as in uh, casa nova uh, it's iconic yeah so oz has a girl they're in a co- she's a college girl yeah and they're in a, a car just parked at a you know lover's point or whatever he is in full keanu oh mode. it's great he's he's trying to like oh it's such a nice night yeah, and he's very, trying to like he's talking very soft she's kind of she's she gets it she's like she knows she's being yeah she's like what's what's wrong with you finally he goes suck me beautiful he doesn't say it like no, that he like, says suck me beautiful suck me beautiful and she said what excuse me <laughs> Suck me beautiful. And then she goes, I'm going to drive you back to your friend. Well, not only that, he goes, my friends call me Nova, as in Casanova. We all use those corny fucking lines, but we weren't in high school Uh, when we did them. It's unbelievable. And once again, ties back to the internet. When I was on AIM, AOL Instant Messenger, instead of the door sound, Suck me beautiful will play. Oh, that's so awesome. Always, Suck me beautiful. And my mom would be like, what the fuck was that? It's and, funny too, because he tells his friends oh, yeah. what happened. And then they just like Stifler yells, Suck me beautiful. They're all just giving him shit. And it. I love the fact that they always called him Nova. And then after this college girl discouraged him, I'm not I don't want to be called that anymore. I'm just <laughs> it drives me nuts because watching this first movie, I seriously think Chris Klein is trying to be Keanu Reeves. Yeah. yeah. It's beyond Keanu. Do you have any other best scenes? I could tell you this whole movie is a great scene. Okay. Oh, quick trivia question. Uh, Kevin, see if you can get this. Throw it back to Alex Trebek. What's the name of the hot dog place in this movie?
six blocks from downtown? That's not what it's called. That's what's painted on the building next door. Yeah. I, I don't know. Dog ears. Okay. Dog ears. I do remember that. There you go. The only other one I want to mention is kind of a forgotten scene that you... This this probably should go as a logic entry, but I'm going to mention it here. Jim calls Kevin's brother, played by Casey Affleck. Oh. I thought you might know a trick or something to make her... Orgasm? Yeah. What's good here? Try the spicy tuna handle. What? How do you do that? Hey, never mind that. Now listen, pay attention. Is that all that you're interested in? Trying to get your girl into bed? No. It'd be good to be able to, you know, return the favor. It'd be nice to know that she enjoys things as much as I do. See that? That's good. That's what I wanted to hear. Now you qualify. Qualify for what? My man, you've just inherited the Bible. He's looking for advice. The Bible. Yes. And Casey Affleck tells him where there's a secret sex manual stashed away in the library. (laughs) In the library. But you never see it. You never see them get it. You never see them read it. But he calls them and then that's, that's it. Now, I had always believed for a long time that Jim called his own brother, that Casey yeah. Affleck was his brother. Nope. And I don't think I realized it until in the second one, I believe Kevin calls his he own calls, brother. Yeah, he calls Casey. So, because they, they never established that that's no. Kevin's brother. Nope. So, yeah. It's so. also a weird scene that he gets the manual. He decides to go down on Vicky while she's laying on her back, he has the manual yeah. down below his leg so he can read how to eat her out perfectly. Yeah, the tornado technique. Yes, whatever. the tornado. The tongue tornado. Yeah, that's it. Okay, with that said, we've still got a lot to talk about, but oh. we want to oh, yeah. go ahead and get everyone out of the pool. Pool check! All right, there could be uh, some dog ears at the concession stand. That's right. We got them only for a buck, everybody. Make sure you take a little time after you eat them. You don't want to get cramps when you jump back in the pool. Yeah, 1999, it was the heart of wrestling's Attitude Era. You had WWE, WCW, and ECW all thriving and putting up ridiculous viewership numbers. I mean, something like 5 million people would Sometimes watch. Sometimes it hit at 6, a 6.2. 6.2, that's crazy, because a good wrestling rating now is like a 1.2. Yeah. You know, so that tells you where wrestling was at that time. Speaking of which, the Browns, did you see the ratings? No. The highest primetime program since last year's Super Bowl. Woohoo! So... A lot of people got to see that, but we've mentioned being wrestling fans and we've mentioned that I used to be a professional wrestler. So today we are going to give you our favorite or best wrestling themes of all time. Yes. Very difficult. When yes, when I wrestled, my first theme was forever fades away by tiger army. Then it was stopped by Against Me, which that theme got over. And whether the crowd knew me or not, that theme was killer. That's and, and that's kind of a big part of my list. So themes that are over with the crowd, anytime you can get participation or a sound cue that makes the, the crowd go ape shit. So one that may or may not appear on our list. Steve Austin, the glass breaks. Uh, I mean, it's iconic. When the glass breaks, crowd goes ape shit. Yep. You know, and, and there's a lot of those. And sometimes the theme's just so good that if you've got that delay where it plays for 10 or 15 seconds before someone comes out, you know, it's it's that cue that gets over. So those are a lot of my favorites. Yeah. Did you want to go first or did you want me to go first? You go first. Okay. 
My number five, ass man, Billy Gunn. <laughs> I'm an ass man. I wrestled Billy, but unfortunately he didn't come out to this at the time. Were you at that show? I think so, yeah. Okay, the lyrics are a CWE. No, it was, uh, it was, so the guy who trained Billy Gunn, Jerry Gray. Okay. Used to run shows that were kind of billed as like legend shows. Okay, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, wrestled him in a high school gym. It was like, I don't know, five or 600 people there. So the lyrics are, I'm an ass man. Yeah, I'm an ass man. <laughs> I love to love him. I love to kick him. I love to shove him. I love to stick him. Love to flaunt him. Love to watch him. I love to pick him. And I'm going to kick him. I'm an ass man. He likes to stick that ass. Equally confusing and incredible. Now, I used to always sing, I love to lick him. But uh, <laughs> I don't. Okay. I love to love. I love to love asses. Fine. Yeah. I love to kick asses. Okay. okay. I love to shove asses. Uh, guess. I love to stick asses. I'm assuming that's an anal. I think that's an anal sex thing. Love to flaunt asses. Okay. Love to watch asses. Okay. I love to pick asses, like pick wedgies. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't get a good wipe and you get a little rectal itch. It's just this. It's Monty Sop The brilliance. reason that this theme is on my list is just because it represents the absurd oh, in wrestling. Over the top. It's attitude. so crazy, but like it worked. It was really good. He was Mr. Ass and he just had an ass theme mm -hmm. and they were like, cool, good. Go for it. It worked out great. Yep. So before I give you my number five, I used to be a professional backyard wrestler. I am still the reigning ETW World Heavyweight Champion with my gimmick known as the Irish Falcon. A hurley he, a hurley he loves you. That used to be my gimmick. I was an Irish character. My theme song was Stupefy by Disturbed. That was every backyard wrestler's theme song. I, I also had a announcer's gimmick which was the voice of legend Jimmy Sloan, and my theme song was Kurt Angle's theme song. Mm, so there we go. My number five, Kevin and I brought this guy up. I started more with NWA WCW than I did WWF. Surfer Sting. Now, when yeah. Sting came out, like one of the biggest memories of my childhood is when Sting finally beat Ric Flair at the Great American Bash, July 7th, 1990. That theme song. Was I always that the thought same was, day this was released? Huh? Wasn't this released? The movie released on July 7th? I mean, double check. I think it was July 7th, July 9th. So July 9th. Around so, the same time, but just yeah. years earlier. That, you know, it always got you amped up. And I could always remember his entrance to Great American uh -huh. Bash. When I was a kid, this was my favorite theme song. By far, better than Hogan, better than Warrior. I love this. This just brought up so many memories. And of course, Sting became more popular as Crow Sting. Yeah. Joker Sting. And yeah, okay, it was great. I get it. But me and you grew up Surfer with Sting, yeah. blonde flat top. I had the same blonde flat top. I wanted to be like Sting. Yep. So this one stuck out for me at my number five. Now, I'm glad you said that about NWA and the WWE. And there's there's a history of, you know, there's some dispute over the history of entrance themes. But yeah. supposedly Hulk Hogan had the first entrance theme of all time. Before him, no wrestlers came out to music, just silence. Yeah. But it was always, it's always impressive. Until this day, it's impressive that wrestling companies invest X number of the budget into oh, it's crazy. developing songs and themes for these wrestlers specifically. Because prior to that, you had, you know, wrestlers coming out to officially license songs, but then the artists wanted a kickback and so yep. on. So that segues me into my next point, which is 
New Jack Natural Born Killers. Oh, and the uniqueness of him. Li- it, the, whole pl- the whole song played the entire yeah, fight. So ECW used real songs before moving to cable. So they oh. basically, ECW was like, if you're not a wrestling fan, the rebellious wrestler. Yeah, it, it was, was everything they did. They had a wrestler who smoked in the ring. <laughs> the they best. would just swear in promos. Call Every, girls whores They and were sluts extreme. And, everything yeah. they did was extreme. So... New Jack came out to Dr. Trey and Ice Cube, Natural Born Killer. So the song would start with this gun-firing sound effect. Mm-hmm. That always got a huge pop. Yeah. And it usually was, like, interrupting something. So there'd be, like, somebody in the ring talking. Yeah, schmoz. You'd hear and- the gunfire. New Jack would come out with his garbage can <sighs> full of weapons or his shopping cart. And then this song, as Jim mentioned, would play the entire match. Yeah. If the match kept going, the song would restart. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just kept it going on loop new jack was a frightening guy and new jack was a scary guy who yeah you know bled enough times in his life that mm-hmm. his head looks like a rotten apple yep and uh but yeah just something i wanted to pick an ecw theme for sure to be on my list and this was the one that i think of just that pop as soon as it started okay so my number four was a one-off it was only used one i know time. what it is rick flair Used Phil Collins's Easy Lover. Oh, so great. Kevin and I tracked this down on YouTube once. We have not been able to find it ever since. So it must have been removed, copyright. It was one of the most weird, because you're used to Ric Flair coming out to the theme from 2001. He came out to, it must have been at a oh, house man, show. That, beginning, dun, 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 that beginning, that beginning oh, of Easy Lover, just, oh, it's like chills. It's like if, and at the time, NWA was using copyrighted music. Like Road Wars came out to Iron Man by, you know, yeah. Black Sabbath. If Flair would have stuck with Easy Lover, God. it was, that song is just, it's Ric Flair. Yeah. And plus, everybody knows how much I love Phil Collins. It's been documented. The greatest wrestler of all time came out to Easy Lover. Yeah. It's the one-off. It I want to get like a, a baby blue Ford Bronco, soup it up with chrome yes. rims. And I would get Easy Lover, like sparkly oh, on the side. Yeah, it'd be perfect. God, it's would be so, so good. great. My number three, an interesting one, is Shawn Michaels' Sexy Boy. Which now, I was watching WrestleMania 8 the other day. I still love the Sherry Martell version of it. So the first version was in 1992, had vocals by Sensational Sherry. And then they re-recorded it in 93 when she left the company. Yeah. I don't know if that was her agreement. I don't know if that was just her choice since she wasn't there anymore. But they re-recorded it with Michaels himself. Yeah. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I've got the look that drives the girls wild. Now he's got that lazy eye look that drives the girls wild. He's got the moves that really move them. I sent chills up and down their spine. He looks crazy. It's Uh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So the 93 version has been used for the past 27 years. And it's ridiculous that it was ever used after the Attitude Era. Because like in 93, that's who he was. He posed for Playgirl. Yeah. He was the sexy boy. Girls would scream and hoot and holler at him. You know, he was a. A heartthrob. Probably one of the best mullets ever. Yeah, but then post-DX, his gimmick was just like, this is a legendary wrestler. This is the greatest wrestler in the world. Yeah. This is, he wasn't the... He was a lazy eye, yeah. like, earth tone, Dutch boy haircut. Yeah, love to hunt. Yeah, yes, exactly. So loves, the, loves the Lord. Sexy boy doesn't really work. No. And, like, I'm not going to get into Michaels, but he drives me crazy because he was so shitty in the 90s. Oh, he was beyond shitty. Oh, granted, he lost his smile. Yeah, he lost his smile, which was avoiding Bret Hart. Yeah. He refused, you know, they had the whole Montreal screw job. He called out Bret, supposedly, for having an affair with Sonny. 
on live TV when Brett's family watched. I mm-hmm. mean, Sean was just a really bad person. He did a lot of bad things to, to people. He made amends. But then he became a born-again Christian. Yeah. But now... He doesn't apologize for those things. He claims he has no recollection. I hate that shit. He says, I, I was so messed up. I was on so many drugs. I, I was, I, I know I did bad things, but he said, I don't, I don't remember doing that. Even Vince Neil remembered he killed somebody. I mean, come yeah, on. Exactly. Like it, I don't know. I think it just, it, it bothers me that he didn't take more accountability more than just, I don't remember doing it's that. such a cop out. Yeah. My number three is from my favorite wrestler of all time. My personal favorite is ravishing Rick rude. His WCW theme, Simply Ravishing. Mm-hmm. Now, when he first debuted in the, the, his WCW run was by far better than his WWF run, in my opinion. He had a song before he debuted this one. It was one of those songs you would hear on ESPN highlight rails, yeah. yep. which is really cool. But he ended up debuting this song. I, I just loved it. I 100% would have put this probably around my number two. But I knew there was a high likelihood that you would pick this. Yeah. This song rules. It's that over-the-top, mid-90s WCW over-singing song. Yeah. Because a lot of them did it. Like, Hogan had a WCW yeah. theme that was just over-the-top vocals. Yeah. But this was perfect for the guy who went on to be the U.S. champion. He had a rivalry with Sting. Became world heavyweight champion. This song just accompanied whoever Ravishing Rick Rude was. It was just top notch. Yeah. My number two, NWO. Ooh. So low quality and not what you'd qualify as music. So like new, 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 new world. it was a, a one second guitar riff looped endlessly so it was. with sound effects over top of it. It helped that they, they changed the video feed to black and white, yeah. very shoddy 8 mil. But just something about it was just like awesome. Yeah. It, it just, it's it's iconic. It matches them perfectly. You know, it's it's just an endless loop. It's, it's so good. Now, that's where we were talking about differentiation between, you know, you had wrestlers in ECW using real life songs, yeah. taking, you know, whatever they were using white zombie and whatever, butthole surfers, WWE and WCW had these high powered musicians or Jim or Johnston, Jim Johnston and WWE CFO WCW dollar signs. was using a lot of, um, Jimmy Hart. Yeah. And they would create these themes, but the NWO theme is so like iconic because it's just, it's so simplistic. Yeah. There's just like, it's not a fully fleshed out song. It's not a song that you want to like also listen to in your car. Yeah. But it works for that reason. Yeah. It's a great soundbite song. My number two is one when it first came out, I was like, oh my God. And we talked about copyrighted real life bands. This is done by Motorhead. It's Evolution Line in the Sand by Motorhead. Oh, oh my yeah. God. One of the best stables of Triple H, Ric Flair, Batista, and Randy Orton. When this song first came out, I was like, holy shit. Now, granted, we learned from Lemmy, if you have Motorhead perform any song live yes. at a WWF event, he would not remember well, the now lyrics. Let's, let's get into that, because I wasn't going to pick this one. Maybe you will. Yeah. But Triple H, the game, <laughs> performed by Motorhead. At WrestleMania? It's an awesome theme. It's, it's really like good. Triple H went and got Motorhead to, to write him a theme, and it's great. It's yeah. called The Game. It sounds like a Motorhead song, but it sounds like a wrestling song. Full Lemmy. It, it is one of those ones you can listen to in your car. But they had Motorhead perform it live for Triple H to come in, and it's obvious that Lemmy didn't probably remember recording the song not at all so the, the lyrics are like it's all about the game yeah it's all about the game it. how you play it blah 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 yeah. and what lemmy when he performed it live was like 
I am the game and this is a game and let's play a game and here's a game. Uh, game. He just, he totally missed the, the mark on the lyrics. God, but this one was so good. It's such a Yeah. And it's that slow brood kick ass motorhead. So, I mean, it's most iconic motorhead song by far as Ace of Spades. Yeah, it's very, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But this one, holy shit. Very important for a faction. Yeah. To have an iconic theme song. Yeah. Iconic theme song for any wrestler. And now I think there is a difference. I think you can be such an awesome wrestler that your theme gets over. Yeah. And I think that you can get over because of your theme yeah. like a little bit, but evolution was one where the faction was over. The theme song was over. It was the next generation Four horsemen. That's, yeah, exactly. that's exactly what it was. So, you know, my number one, no surprise. It's Gangrel and the brood. Oh, you love it. I do. This is my favorite theme ever. It's made when Jim Johnston was still making uh, the themes at WWE. The reason I like this one is it's just so catchy. Like that opening riff. You could add lyrics to this and make it a rap song as is. You could add lyrics to this and make it a metal song as is. And it's just like you, it'll always be burned into my mind hearing this theme. You see Gangrel and the Brood descend up through the stage. Gangrel's holding his cup of blood. Lights all he's red. He's got the big smile on his face with the fangs. He's bobbing his head back and forth. Fanging and banging. It's This theme is so great because it's also unique in that it doesn't sound like... I mean, when you have one guy who's the music director making all of these yeah. themes, this sounds totally different. It's so good. It was very unique for the time. It was excellent. All the blood, everything. Oh, my God. My number one, no surprise here. The Hollywood Rock theme from 2003. Yep. yep. The Rock decided to reinvent himself just right when he was about ready to go out the door. He was about, you know, Hollywood has finally come. The Scorpion King beckons. Yeah. So The Rock had several iterations of his theme. Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? They all were kind of the same riff. Yeah. Sometimes more of a tempo and a variation. Yeah. Now, the Hollywood one was so great because of that oh, video package. I will never forget that first video. The Rock decided before he leaves, I'm going to go, I'm going to be a, a, a hokey heel, kind yeah. of. That's what he was. Video package rolls. It's like a helicopter scene of Hollywood. Nobody knew who it was. Yep. Then all of a sudden, it zooms in on that big building in downtown Los Angeles. All of a sudden, you hear, it's cooking. Yeah. Now, this song to me, one of my favorite matches of all time is when Rock faced Austin for the third and final time at WrestleMania 19 in Seattle. WrestleMania was always known for its long entrance ways. Rock coming out to this song with the trailing camera yeah. behind him, just that slow walk. This song by far is will be and always will be my number one wrestling theme of all time. It's so good. Check it out, everybody. We have a number of uh, Dude. Uh, honorable mentions because this was it's, hard. This uh, was hard to just say five. You get me another day and you say, like, I I'm embarrassed that I don't have Austin theme on here yeah. or Undertaker theme or something. Yeah. But So let's go through some honorable mentions. Now, what I know you like Brodus Clay, Call Your Mama. You always like that one. It's not just the song. It's the corresponding horrible Titan Tron yeah, image on top of it. Yeah, disco ball. Yeah. DX. Uh, yep. Good one. Degeneration X. Now, we mentioned ECW, WWE, WCW. We didn't mention Ring of Honor. That's right. Now, after ECW was long gone, Ring of Honor kind of took the cue to use real themes yeah. up until a certain point, and then they got a deal, and they had to start using their own generic themes. Yes. Well, when that happened to ECW and Ring of Honor, they don't have the type of money that w Not WWE all. or WCW had. Indie. So their themes lack a little bit. But before then, 
Brian Danielson had the oh, final countdown. Everybody cheered along. We've cheered along to oh, that. Oh my god! It's so he timed it perfectly when he'd get up on the ropes and the crowd go. It's the final countdown. You know, oh, that's so was, good. And then the Briscoes in Ring of Honor came out to "Give Me Back My Bullets" by Leonard Skinner. That was a good match. One. Them perfectly. Sami Zayn and WWE. It was the first ska WWE theme ever. Everybody was into it. I love it. John Cena. How'd we not pick him? Because I never liked not the song. Not the original theme, but the the more recent one. Yeah. That says what I like to think is applesauce at the beginning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it's like what Rage Against the Machine, where I, in Bulls on Parade, I thought he says banana pants. Banana pants, yeah. Million Dollar Man, Repo oh. Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, Repo Man is, is Repo underrated. Oh, man. Stone Cold, you'd get the glass break. What, the not the disturbed version no, of the theme? Do, 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 do. Uh, Victoria and Steven Richards tattoo all the things she said. Hell yeah, man. That's great. Great. Undisputed Era. That's it. Iconic now. Uh, Call to Personality and oh, this fire. Like, Phil. Both of his WWE themes were incredible. So Excellent. He came out to Kill Switch Engage, this fire, which I feel like he probably didn't get a lot of choice. Yeah. But it worked. Mm-hmm. And then they allowed... Uh, you know, him or they purchased Call to Personality <sighs> by Living Colors. Awesome. It recharted the song on the Billboard charts. Yeah. Now, one that I had a really hard time leaving off of my list because I had it slotted in there was Shinsuke Nakamura's original NXT and WWE theme uh, yeah. before they added the, the lyrics. lyrics. Yeah, his heel because, lyrics. God, talk about a song being a over. Violin. The crowd, it's a violin and the crowd just would shout the theme at the top of their lungs. Mm-hmm. So great. I have I have a whole slew here. Of course, you, you can't mention theme songs without mentioning Hulk Hogan, of course, yeah. Real American. Well, not only Real American, but in WCW, Voodoo Child by, oh, by Jimmy Hendrix. Oh, that's right. They pay to use Voodoo. The amount of money that WCW spent for just random shit is absolutely egregious and legendary. One of the reasons why Stand they went next under. Stand mountain, chop it down with the edge of my hand. Yeah. Now, I have AJ Styles, but not his WWE one, his TNA wow. theme. Loved his TNA theme. There's also New Japan Pro Wrestling, which yeah. I'm a fan of. Kazucho Okada coming out to the Rainmaker theme mm-hmm. song. You might know him as Finn Balor. I started loving him when he was Prince Devitt, the king of rock and roll. Now, ECW also was big. For me, my favorite ECW guy is the franchise Shane Douglas. When he would come out to Deep Purple's Perfect, Perfect Strangers. Strangers. Oh, yeah. my God. Don't forget about Taz. Yeah. Initially came out to Kiss His War Machine. Then he got his own theme. He remade it to Survive If I Let You. Yep. Sandman, of course, coming out to, I mean, Enter Sandman. How can you Sabu? not? Sabu. Oh, man. That Sabu. Great with the, the Middle Eastern thing. Yes. Despite him being from Michigan. You said you had the NWO on your list. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the NWO Wolfpack. Wolfpack. Don't turn your back on the Wolfpack. You, you might, might wind, wind up, up in, in a body, body bag. bag. Yeah. Uh, Ray Mysterio, not uh, POD or uh, 619, Ugh. but uh, his WCW theme, which is also the ESPN highlight uh, yep. songs. Dean Malenko. Yeah, that's be- all I have. So I had uh, Glorious, Bobby Roode. Oh, God, that was so over. over. Now, that was originally supposed to be Shinsuke's theme. Wouldn't have worked. But he chose the other one i guess I, now you can say chris jericho's judas that's well, the new Jer- thing not only judas but break the walls down yeah in wwe especially because of his debut you know jericho countdown to the mind a yeah. y2j problem yeah not really a wrestling theme but i count it because it's on the wwe soundtracks the no hold bard theme because of <laughs> no the, hold yeah, bar. the, the boom 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 uh, so good the bass lines uh ultimate warrior god i when i go to the gym sometimes i'll put on ultimate warrior and i run like 
a four minute mile because I'm just like, it's just because it's. And we cannot mention that Macho Man made a graduation song amazing. Yes. Drew McIntyre, Broken Dreams. So WWE champion, but not his current theme. Should be his current theme. So good. It's so good. William Regal, Man's Man is incredible he's a man such a man a real man's man such a man new age outlaws not because of the theme but because of the talk along yes the road dog talk along val venus hello ladies that's just the perfect like porn music which is what it was supposed to be sexual chocolate mark Uh. henry theme I used to give it to every wrestler on attitude i can't tell you the name of the character i used him for in mine (laughs) The uh, West Texas Rednecks rap is crap. Ah, I hate rap. WCW Four Horsemen theme, which is also NWA. It's really Great good. one. Tommy Dreamer Man in the Box, I think you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Simon Diamond, Drain STA. Oh, I bought that album for Fantastic that fucking song. Fantastic one. So good. I think it, the ECW theme song. Yeah, yes, the ECW theme song. And then I think in Landstorm, uh, uh, White Zombie. El Phantasmo and yeah. a Chicken Run Blasterama. Yeah, and, and and now to mention modern day ones, like I love AEW, but none of their themes are really like. Not good. Kenny Omega's New Japan theme was yeah, better than what he's none using. None of them now. are really great, except Cody. Jericho coming out to Judas. Yeah. Well, of course, Cody's going to have, you know, <laughs> no expenses spared. But uh, yeah. Jericho, when there's a live crowd and they sing Judas, incredible. It's Just awesome. that. We, we, we experienced that right the week after it hit. Yes. I like uh, I like Darby's um, theme song, but for the most part, the AEW ones are hit and miss. WWE went through a transition because I think the people. CFO dollar sign. The CFOS was um, asking for big percentage of kickback, so they kind of canceled them. So yeah, yeah, there's some there. I mean, we could do a whole show about this. I I had texted you and I said, we probably should have done WWE as one pool check. WCW as one ECW as one and then other, because there's just so many. We love wrestling. What can we say? Yeah. So, uh, if you don't like wrestling, we're sorry that you had to endure that a little gift for you is you can get back in the pool. Everybody back in the pool. Now, the success of this movie making, what, 25 times its budget or whatever, it launched a lot of careers because to make an $11 million movie, you can't cast big names. No. You've got to cast... uh, Guys you can pay $8,000 to. Yes, relative nobodies. So this movie launched a lot of careers. Jason Biggs, Sean William Scott, Shannon Elizabeth, Tara Reid, and and even Jennifer Coolidge to an extent because before she was Stifler's mom, she was just like a bit part character on sitcoms. Yeah, Casey, I have a bunch of yeah. them. So who do you think from this movie went on to have the best career? Allison Hannigan. Oh, and this one time at band camp, I stuck a flute in my pussy. Excuse me? What? You don't think I know how to get myself off? Hell, that's what half of band camp is. Sex ed. So are we going to screw soon? Because I'm getting kind of antsy. That's probably what I would say. Is she uh, Buffy? Yeah, she was yeah, in Buffy. Buffy yeah. Because the hard thing about this is kind of the bubble broke for all of them. A lot of it, yeah. Is like... They were typecasted. Yeah. Like Stifler. I mean, come on. Jason Biggs went on to do Loser, which is just known more for the weedest song than the movie. And then Amina Suvari was in a... Was she in election? She was in that also. Oh, that's right. She was, yeah. Talk to Stifler. Yeah, well, I need to define you. We're going to have to work on that song. Okay. I'm glad you came by. So you work nights? Uh, my dad's the manager. Really? Cool. 
tell him his subject rate. Shannon Elizabeth was in stuff. Sean William Scott was in a movie with The Rock, I think. Yeah, he Evolution. Yeah. And Ironically enough. He was in uh Now he's in Lethal Weapon. Hazard. Now yeah. he's in Lethal Weapon. But Tara Reid, I mean, she kind of seemed to be like Hollywood's it girl for a minute and then she messed up her face. Yeah. Whatever. Some, so yeah, I nothing crazy for the critical question. Just who who does anybody even have still have a career? Maybe Allison Hannigan. Stifler now. Eugene Levy is still yeah. pretty big. Yeah. Jim, I want to talk about masturbation. Now, I just want you to know that it's a, it's a perfectly normal uh, thing. And I have to admit, uh, you know, I uh, did a fair bit of masturbating when I was a little younger. I, uh, I used to call it the stroking the salami. Yeah, you know, pounding the old pud. All right, let's get into some logic. I will go. Oh, yeah, David McCall has to, to tell us. I'm sorry, David. Yeah, get her. Hey, hey, let me talk, goddammit. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. There's one person you don't want to piss off. It's David McCall. Hey, guys. He will find you and do some crap. I love American Pie. I was going to be in it. So, a uh, quick thing with it's logic is Jim's room has no ceiling. It's You don't really notice it, but the way everything's shot, they, wow. they did his room on a set, so his room actually has no ceiling. I've never, ever paid attention yeah, to that. It's, you got to like watch for it. But you see that they shoot everything down from a certain height because it okay, was, that's good to know. It's on a set. I mentioned it earlier. I'm worried about the boys' sodium and nitrate intake. They're shown eating hot dogs like twice in each of these movies. <laughs> they love hot dogs. So man. every time we see them eat, it's hot dogs. Dude, they burn it off, man. They're at, well, at least Oz is athletic. Now this is probably these are one and one a as far as my biggest logic issues in watching these. Well, where are the cops? <laughs> yeah, that. So those other dudes might be virgins. Yeah, but Oz is a stretch. Unless it was a choice. Yeah, I Even don't believe Stifler, it. because I've known some Stiflers. Yeah. If he's the one throwing that party. That's number five and six for the Stiffmeister. Yeah. Oh, Nadia, buenos dias. Glad you can make it. I'll be back for you later. Now hey. the party's starting. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Stifler's Palace of Love, fellas. The kids are back there. Enjoy. Yeah. Vicky, Jessica, great to see you. Glad you can make it. <laughs> Sherman! Hey! What the fuck are you doing here? There's always some girl that's like, I like that guy. I like that he's an asshole. I'm into him, and she's going to stick around after that party to be with him. He's at least getting lots of blowjes. Let's be honest. Now, Oz acts like he needs to be sensitive in order to get laid, but it's like he's... He's a star jock. Yeah, he's the head of, well, he's the big name on the lacrosse team. Yeah, there's, he would not need to put that much effort in. Plus his association with Stifler. Yeah. He has an in. Like I said, unless he chose, it's just, but he tells his friends he's been trying for a while and like he has a college girl and stuff. I I just don't buy it. I think if he wanted to, he could have. The one thing I never understood when Jim accidentally sends the God bless the internet over yeah. the entire East High directory. Lo and behold, Nadia gets sent back to... Sent back in time. Sent, <laughs> sent back in time. What yeah. I don't get is, don't you think there'd be more issues with the fact that they broadcast the oh, live Oh, yeah, there's probably section? some crimes committed there. Like a mother didn't just walk yeah. in and go, what the fuck is this? Yes. I mean, Blink-182 was watching it. Yeah, for they're watching a high school girl and naked. He just put 
kitty porn on the internet. Yeah. Basically. Now that is actually, I would say the Oz thing being a virgin is probably my one, a, my number one would be. So Jim leaves Nadia to change. He says, you make yourself comfortable. You change. Yeah. And he goes, what she would probably assume is downstairs yeah. until she's done changing. Nope. He, he le- leaves the house. He sprints to Kevin's house, which is like at least down the street because yeah. we see it a little bit. Yep. So it's at least down the street. Then he goes to Kevin's house. They watch her masturbate. When he sees her masturbating, he sprints back and enters the room. How much time has passed? Because like she starts masturbating on his bed. Doesn't she assume at any moment yeah. he's going to knock and be like, hey, are y'all dressed in there? Well, plus his parents are right downstairs yeah. playing chess. Yeah. It just seems like, wouldn't she start to wonder like, hey, he's been gone for like 20 minutes. Yeah. It's just a long time to pass without him being in his room. It's just so strange to go over. Like, imagine going to somebody's house. Imagine coming over to my house and then just, I leave for 20 minutes. It's like so strange. Plus, it's the fact that he dead sprinted back and forth. And when he does show up, he's not really out of breath, not sweating. If I ran that much, I'd want to pass out and die. And she also doesn't seem to hear him until he says something. No. Somebody's going in there. There you go. That's what you need to do. That guy's in my tree class. Oh, no. Looks like you could use an extra hand. Jim! Maybe she's really into it, but, like, he walks into his room, stares at her, kind of does, like, the, the point thing. Yeah. And then finally says, like, need a hand? I just always find it weird that his parents are downstairs. He hauls ass out of the house and go, I'll be right back. Don't you think one of the parents would want to go upstairs and say, hey, what's wrong with him? Yeah. You'd yeah, think that. Right. Imagine if his dad walked in on her masturbating. So strange. It's like, I feel like he goes over to Kevin's house and he like gets comfortable. They get him a drink. Yeah. Like how long is he gone? I have no idea. Crazy. I mean, it would, in the fact, you know, Kevin has beers ready. We can only assume that Kevin's parents aren't home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. These, I these would just- hope. I mean, I would assume Stifler's mom probably buys all his booze because like every party, everybody's drinking. Here's the thing about Stifler's mom, too, thinking about logic. Don't you think the cops would be like, listen, I mean, in the reunion one, yeah. the cops are just, it's Stifler, party Stifler's house again. Don't you think by now they would know, hey, we know his mother is buying for underage. They would fucking yeah. do something about that. Yeah. And that the fact that she seems basically like the town whore. So I don't know. Yeah. And she ends up with. Eugene Levy and yeah. the American Reunion. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, basically, there wasn't the original four American Pie movies. One, two, Wedding, and Reunion are your four slots. Because they trademarked that American Pie to straight to DVD oh, releases. Well, I'm going to talk about that a little okay. bit. Do you have anything left in logic? No. Okay, so for Legacy, exactly as Jim said. So there were three sequels, five spinoffs. So American Pie 2, everyone from the first pretty much back. The friends are home from college. They rent a beach house, and they further the Jim and Michelle relationship trajectory. Yeah. They kind of realize they love each other Mm because she helps him prepare for For Nadia to visit. American Wedding, Jim and Michelle get engaged, and then they get married, and the movie revolves around the chaos of the wedding. Essentially... Kind of focusing on Stifler. Yeah. And, and Chris so- Klein is not in the movie. He's no. gone. Yeah, he's gone. Same with Tara Reid. Yeah. American Reunion. 13 years after the first movie, they've all went their separate ways. Jim and Michelle have a two-year-old son. 
Oz is a famous sportscaster, and he's on like a Dancing with the Stars knockoff. Yeah. And so on. The movie ends with Kevin making a new pact to reunite once a year. So they're having a 13-year high school reunion. Yeah. And everyone kind of reaps what they sow. You know, Stifler kind of grows in that one where he yeah. becomes an adult almost. Yeah. After his friends call him out. We're still waiting for that uh that fifth. There's yeah. supposed to be a fifth, but then reunion didn't make enough money. Yeah. But I went I to the theater to see that. It's just like I oh. think they kind of have a uh a surplus from the first movie though. Yeah. And then the spin-offs, there was American Pie Presents Bandcamp, The Naked Mile, Beta House, Book of Love, and Girls Rules. Was Eugene Levy in all of those? I think he was. Oh, so sad. I've never seen any of those, by the way. I think I've seen one of them. I think it was Naked Mile. Yeah. But I think I've Aren't seen they all related to like the main characters? Like it's Stifler's brother. It, yeah, it's like Stifler's it, They're all just, you know. Offshoots of the original characters. Same ideas. Yeah. But, uh, and then the other legacy thing was Invented the Word MILF, which will now return over 145 million Google results if searched. And over 100 million on Pornhub. So uh, stick around for some plugs. Once again, pool seniors, thank you for checking out the pod this week. Remember, if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Pool Scene Podcast. Also at Pool Scene Pod on the Twitter. Also, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email at Pool Scene Podcast at gmail.com. Any movie ideas. We have some amazing movies coming up. If there's a movie you want us to cover, let us know. You're on the journey with us. And now back to Kevin. So next week, uh, our season finale. Our That's season right. Season three, three finale. Season finale. We're going to be talking about <sighs> the Karate Kid. That's right. Cobra Kai, One, everybody. Two and three. And I'm sure we'll talk about Cobra Kai. Yeah, I have to. And uh, it should be interesting because Daniel LaRusso sucks. Big time. He's a real asshole. And then we'll get into a little bit. I think we'll set you up with a handful of the titles we're going to be covering in season four. I think we're still hammering that out, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, haven't finalized it but we want to let you guys know so you can watch and prepare beforehand and then you know send us more of your ideas when it comes to the movies that we watch looking forward to the karate kid movies especially i'm a huge fan of karate kid part three because i think barnes is an amazing villain karate kid 2 Anka garbage thank god for this past season of cobra kai because it made the understanding of Karate Kid Part 2 a lot better. In One of our friends just texted me and said, I didn't see the players the Cavs got in the James Harden trade. Wait, so I what? just had to pull it up. The Cavs did not get James Harden, oh. who has eaten himself into a trade. Yeah, uh, he's, uh, he's a hoss. Quite hefty. Uh, the Nets get James Harden. Okay. Rockets get Karis LeVert, Dante Exum, some foreigner. Four first, round, four first round picks and four pick swaps. Fuck. And the Cavs get Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Torian Prince is good, but it's weird because I thought Kyrie was going to get shipped out after no showing a game. Yeah. And uh, and Harden 
That has nothing to do with this podcast. Breaking news. That's just breaking news. Suck me beautiful. Yeah, James Harden told the Rockets, suck me beautiful. Pretty much. And they traded him. And now he can start losing weight. This was a fun episode, man. I mean, this this kicks a lot back to high school. Fun. If you've ever, you know, and and actually the funny thing about this is like I told Jim, we normally watch these movies ahead of time. We didn't have to with this one. No, we just know it. Because this movie's currently, if you've got HBO, they've been playing it a lot. It's also, you can watch it on HBO Max. Um, pretty easy to come by if you don't yeah. have HBO. You can get a copy of this. I'm pretty pretty sure for probably pretty cheap. Probably rent it for pretty cheap. Initially, so. we were talking about doing this as the season finale deep end because there's four movies to yeah. talk about. Yeah. But the other three movies, I mean, two's okay, but three and four are just like, uh, what, what all can we talk about? This one was the movie that had so much influence on us in high school. I, t- I tell you what, if they did American Pie 5, I'd probably see it just because I'm curious... What's, what stories left for them to tell? I guess maybe... Uh, I mean, 20 years later, over 20 years later. It's been, what, seven years since the last one? Eight years. Well, it'll be coming up on nine. So Jim, Jim's kid would be like 11. Well, imagine if they just did like a 25th, you know, the 25th high school reunion. Well, if they waited longer and then had Jim and Michelle as parents of a high school kid mm-hmm. that could work i think that'd be kind of cool well i'd like to see what stifler would be doing 25 years after yeah, high school but uh yeah i just don't know really where they'd go but yeah so next week uh please join us for our season finale the deep end we're gonna talk about daniel larusso and whether he was right or wrong he we're, was the bully we're gonna gush over elizabeth shoe i'm oh. sure and we are going to set up our season four programming yes so until next week, Silencia. Silencia.